Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I am your host today. I'm in the studio with Kevin Farrell, our producer. And Kevin's shoes today are sort of an off-green, sort of a winter color. And our guest today is Chris Gill. Welcome, Chris Gill. Thank you, Malcolm. Thank you for that intro and that yeah, uh, fine uh, uh, offer to play the kazoo. Uh, you mm-hmm. don't really play a kazoo, though. You just... Uh, that's how you play it. Play it, okay. Yeah, that's how you play it. Yeah. I mean, well, if you're home and you're playing, right? That's true. <laughs> you can home, you're playing. Yeah. <laughs> We're glad to have you on the Arts Hour today. Uh, uh, you know, we, we go way back. I don't know how far back we go. Yeah, we, we know we, we at least go to 90, 91, mm-hmm. maybe way beyond that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted, uh, you were telling us while we were sitting around recording the music that we're going to use today, both songs of our uh, music today will were recorded live here with uh, with Chris, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But but you were telling us that you'd just gotten back to Jackson from uh, a long weekend at, in Memphis for the International Blues Challenge. Tell yeah. tell our listeners what that is and kind of how okay. how what the format is and how that works out. All right, um, in Mississippi, there's different blues societies. Right, there's the the Indianola Blue Society, I think, the Central Mississippi Blue Society, and Vicksburg Blue Society. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were representing the Vicksburg Blue Society. We went to um, Ameristar a long time ago, it feels like now. Yeah. I guess it was August, and we played and we won. So we were we representing the Mississippi Vicksburg. Uh-huh. We challenge. Won, we won the Vicksburg, the Vicksburg Blues, Blues Challenge. Mm-hmm. And so they represent us, and we went up there. And uh, we stayed at the Peabody Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Came back Sunday, and you know you play and a lot of a lot of great workshops and all kinds of things going on. But then you then you play Wednesday and Thursday night, and you know you and then at the sometime in the say three in the morning or whatever they tell you if you went to the semifinals, which was Friday night, mm-hmm. and we made it to the semifinals and we played at BB King's that night. Did great, and then. Um, didn't make it to the finals, which was at the Orpheum on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you made it to the semifinals, mm-hmm. all the way from uh, competing in Vicksburg, winning Vicksburg, mm-hmm. going to Memphis, mm-hmm. and making it to the semifinals. Yeah, played Alfred's two nights, and then moved to BB King's for that night, and then they pick one band from out of the seven that were BB Kings to go to the Orpheum. So it's pretty tight. <laughs> so is it all bands or are there some solo acts? It was bands. It's bands and then solo duos. Uh-huh. And I did it a few years ago with my friend Derek Martin, Demar. 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 He's That's over right. in California. Play, now, plays but, drums for yeah, Little Richard, uh-huh. among other things. Yeah, most definitely. We made it to the finals <laughs> as a duo. Uh-huh. And it was great. You know, it's fun. Now, the Orpheum's a beautiful spot. Yes. What a beautiful Gorgeous. venue. Yeah. Well, who did you perform with? Who who went with you on this trip? This time it was Forrest Gordon and drummer, drummer Gary Scott on bass, mm-hmm. who I played with. You know, I played with him for twenty years, I guess. And then we added Scott T Bone Turner on Hammond organ. Yep, great. And then I heard Henry Rhodes sing last year at Jesse Robinson's Christmas party. And I said, man, if Henry Rose would do this thing, we'd do good up there. So I asked Henry, Henry Rose on vocals, I asked him if he would come up and do this thing, and he he, he did, and he he nailed it. He sounded fabulous. Yeah, as, he's as a great singer. He, that he is. So he did some of my songs, which took us a little while to work them up, mm-hmm. to get them, to get them. 
did you perform the same songs each time that you were up, or did mm-hmm. you did you change the repertoire? No, we bit? we did the same ones. We did the same set. Uh huh. First, the first two nights you do uh, twenty five minutes, and then in the semifinals you do thirty minutes. So we added a song, and we did, we added Dimples. A little John Lee Hooker boogie. Uh-huh. We were called the Mississippi Boogie Crew, and so Vicksburg, they were like, "Yeah, maybe you you probably ought to add a John Lee Hooker boogie song." So I said, "Yeah, okay, <laughs> we'll do it." So we did. Speaking of John Lee Hooker, I think there's an exhibit at the Grammy Museum mm-hmm. of John Lee Hooker's right now, as we speak. I don't yeah. know how long it's going to be up. I want to see it. I guess I didn't I make a run. I haven't seen it yet either. So yeah. we're both delinquent. We need, yeah, we're keeping up with our. And blood. there's a new CD thing came out, five CD set of John Lee Hooker stuff. King of the Boogie, that's what it's called. Did you see John Lee Hooker when I presented him at George Street back no, in the day? No, man. I think, I think it was before my time, just a touch. We we played him right there in the upstairs of George oh, Street. Man. That was It was unreal. I would have loved Great. it. I, wish I, what, I wonder what year that was. Would have been in the eight, 80, uh, 82, yeah. 83. Yeah, that was you were still just before my time. <laughs> just, <laughs> you just you were still on your tricycle. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I hadn't picked up the guitar exactly. yet. Exactly. <laughs> I, I had picked up the guitar, but I hadn't picked. I hadn't frequented the honky tonks yet. <laughs> Which George Street was one of my favorites. Oh man, those are some. Great you know, I guess years. I saw. Um, I guess I got really got into the blues of Mississippi around this area when I found out about the subway. Yep. Lounge. Yep. I was in college, and I guess it would have been, uh, you know, about 87 mm-hmm. is when all of a sudden I found out, or 80, 86, I found out about this place down on Pearl Street, the Subway mm-hmm. Lounge. It was, did you ever go there? Oh, a million times. <laughs> Me too. We would close George Street back in the, those days, wow. or Howlin' Mouse, whichever yeah. one I was running, and then we'd all go to the Subway and jam all night. Look, I took Los Lobos. Oh! Down to the subway one night, really to jam after Jubilee Jam. That's fabulous. I've taken a, a lot of people that would we would play them at Hallamounds, Anson Funderburg. Yeah, we'd take them down there, and that's where like an Anson Funderburg would meet a Sam Myers would be late night at the subway after the gigs. You know, wow. We'd take the Paladins down there. We took mm. all kind of martial ball. We used to take everybody down there after the shows because they were the late night place, right? That was it. Yeah, that, that was, I loved that it. Was good I stuff. miss it. So uh, back to the uh, International Blues Challenge. How many bands go and how many people are I mean, tell us um, a, bit, a little bit more about that. I guess I think it's 200. I guess it's 250 acts maybe from all over the world. All over the world. All over the world. Yeah, they come They're from, from everywhere. Yeah. You know, and a lot from Canada. You know, quite a few from Canada that were there this, this year. Some Brazilian folks, a couple of bands from there. Norway. Mm-hmm. A, a guy has played at Halla Mouse quite a bit on Monday nights at Central Mississippi Blues Society Monday night. Mm-hmm. His name is Daniel Erickson. He's a slide player. Yeah. He 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 was he did a solo duo with the drummer he plays with and they made it to the finals. They came in second. Really? They're fabulous. They Who really won are. it this year? Who knows? You 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 just know where I you... know Keisha Pratt won the band. Uh-huh. And I didn't I had never heard of the guy that won the solo duo. He was a solo guy and he played harmonica and guitar. Uh-huh. I didn't get there early enough to the Orpheum to hear him. So I hadn't heard him but uh I don't know his name. Yeah. And and you also said that you played last night and we're recording this on a Wednesday. So you you played on a Tuesday night uh, mm-hmm. up at Hallamouse with Raphael Sim. Well, I didn't play last I didn't play on a Tuesday night. Oh, I just did. went and listened. You just went to listen. Cuz I love oh, okay. I love to hear them. That's a cool thing that Raphael's doing. Oh man, most definitely. And Raphael had to run outside real quick to uh, move his car. <laughs> <laughs> and he told Knight to just play something, you know, just play something. <laughs> and I walked up to Knight and I said, I said, "Knight, Give me one of them Jimmy Jarrett notes. 
and he yeah. he went straight into it. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? Man, oh, it was fabulous. They they sounded. Stuff. You should yeah. somebody. You should all go and help support it. And it's fabulous. Every Tuesday, Tuesday night. Every Tuesday night. The Raphael Sims Tuesday night jazz. That's it. But I did play Monday night with. Uh, the Central Mississippi Blues Blues Band for you know Blues Night, which yeah. that's fabulous too. You it is, know. and this is starting to turn into a commercial for Highland Mouse, which I didn't mean for it to. Oh but, really? That's good. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but we do have the every Monday night Central Mississippi. Yeah, it was Blues fun. You, you never know who going. You should have seen the gal singing Johnny Be Good. Johnny, she was saying Johnny Be Bad, <laughs> and with the chair, you can imagine. Uh huh. <laughs> My guest today is Chris Gill. Chris is a Jackson based. Uh, blues, R and B, singer songwriter. What, what? How do you define your music? Um, Somebody said, "What do you play, man?" I play. I play um, bluesy. My my inspirations are you know like Taj Mahal and Mississippi John Hurt and Elizabeth Cotton and mm-hmm. Bruce Browning kind of music. Yeah. Taj Mahal. So it's kind of you know it's bluesy for sure, but it's got some folk in it too. Or and with them with the band, it's be funkier, right? You know, just a can be a party blend. It can be a party blend for sure. <laughs> so we were talking earlier about Gilmore, mm-hmm. which is, I think, the first time I ever ran into you. Yeah. It was a duo. It started out as a it duo. It started out you, as a duo. Tell us a little bit about that, I, um, that organization. Yeah, it was Rodney Moore and myself. We had just gotten out of college, and you know, we'd, we'd get together with friends and play, and we decided we'd start playing, doing some, see if we can do some gigs. So we played. We did duos, and then we met a guy named Tim Hopkins, and he was a stand-up bass player. He's now a he now he's now a brain surgeon. <laughs> it worked out good <laughs> yeah, for Tim. Yeah, he started going to school when we were playing. And yeah, it worked out. Y'all really may good. have paid for his tuition. Yeah, right. I think we did part of it. I don't know how much of it though. But then we were Gilmore Hopkins, so we did that for quite a while. And actually, I remember going and talking to Arden Barnett when he was working for you. Mm-hmm. And Tim Hopkins, I went up there and. We said we got this trio. We got Gilmore Hopkins. We'd love to um, play play around if you ever have a an an opening act or anything like that you need. And and Arden said, "Well, uh, I got Leon Russell coming up real soon. Would y'all want to open for Leon Russell?" So that was our first big gig was opening for Leon Russell. Not bad. Yeah, it was Not great. Bad. Thank you. Yeah, you're way. welcome. <laughs> that was that was great. Yeah, we used to play a lot of shows with Leon. We had kind of yeah. a regular standing thing where we'd bring Leon in about twice a year mm-hmm. uh but that those were those were well, great shows yeah he was fabulous carla so, bonoff i remember carla bonoff yeah, here. Yeah. yeah man everybody who we called it a ladder club people right. coming up the ladder and yeah, going yeah, down yeah. the other side mm-hmm. yeah. so where did you grow up i grew up here you know i got here when i was eight mm-hmm. before that i was in alabama and louisiana tennessee texas then here Really, and I got my it's first. A lot of moving around. It's a lot of moving around. It was just one of those things. Yeah. So we ended up in Mississippi when I was eight, and I one time I asked a guy, Dad, he said, "Where are you from, man? You don't sound like you're from here." I said, "I told him that." And he said, "Well, where'd you get your first kiss from?" <laughs> this was at a juke joint. It wasn't, you uh, know. And yeah. he said, "I said Mississippi." He said, "Man, that's where you're from." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the definition. That's the huh? definition. That's where you find out where you're from. So where'd you where did you go to school? I went to. Uh, I went to Jackson Prep, and then yeah. Ole Miss. Okay, so yeah. so that's where your band y'all met up at Ole Miss. Uh, actually, no. no. I, I met every. I met the band here once I got home. After I just played solo. I mean, it's at school. You, uh-huh. know, for, you did for, play though while you were I did, at Ole Miss, I did, right? Yeah. 
What kind of what places would you play up there in Oxford um, back then? What kind of joints? Sid and Harry's. There? Yeah, uh-huh. which is now City Grocery. Yeah, Sid and Harry's, uh, the Gin. Played uh-huh. the Gin quite a bit. Did a lot of fraternity sorority things. You ever play the Hoka? Yeah, I the played the Hoka, I did. What kind of gigs you play over there? Just late night little <laughs> gigs, late night little crazy gigs. <laughs> but it was acoustic, so it wasn't, you know. What would I you used st- to love the Hoka. Yeah, man. He'd have some killer bands come in there. Ron Shapiro, yeah, Jim D's, that place was great. Yeah, it was. What sort of set list would you play back in the college days? Oh, man. I, I can't even remember. <laughs> was there any blues back then, or did yeah, you later yeah. come? Oh, yeah, yeah always still, played yeah, blues. Yeah, I played blues then, but, you know. Probably more country kind of stuff. Oh, like really? Willie Nelson. Oh, okay. All, As if that's country. Willie. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Not anymore. Willie's huh? music, spiritual music. Yeah, that it is. I love it. It's my favorite. <laughs> I do. Nothing like it. Uh, so so you ended up uh, at Ole Miss, finished Ole Miss, came back to Jackson, mm-hmm. and then... That's you, when Rodney and I started playing. That's when Gilmore started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you had a day job, right? Yeah, yeah. Still got a day job? Still got a day What's job. What's your day job? Work for control systems. We do like water wells, elevated tanks, controls, uh-huh. turn them on, turn them off. If you're out of control, I, you know, I call them cities. Municipal Engineers, work. Municipal work, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And you've been doing that ever since you got out of college, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And you've been able to do doing that both. and gig. How many nights a week you gig, you think? It depends, but, you know, four to five, four, probably four. Ooh. Sometimes eight in a row, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes a lot. So where where might a listener? I mean, where would you typically play? Say in a month, what, what would your schedule look like? I play every Sunday at Seafood Revolution. Every, every Sunday. Sunday, blues brunch, eleven o'clock, and um, uh, Pelican Cove. And that's on the reservoir. Uh huh. That's on the reservoir. Iron Horse Grill downtown. Regular. Regular. You have a regular grill. night or just no, just you know, in and out monthly. Uh-huh. And. Uh, Hallamouse from time to time, yeah. and one nineteen underground. Oh yeah, so great. places like that. Good. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour, or sometimes just known as the Arts Hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today. I also have the great privilege of serving as the executive director of the Mississippi Arts Commission, where I started in 2005. Wow. Uh, I took a little break. For a few years to go be the tourism czar, but now I'm back uh, at the Arts Commission and really happy to be there. Been back two years. We're in the studio with Kevin Farrell, our producer, and with my good friend Chris Gill. Welcome back, Chris. Thank you, brother. So uh, we were talking a little bit about the song you played. It was, mm-hmm. it was a song you wrote about your, your doggy, and then you went yeah. on to tell me about your new dog. So you oh, got yeah. two new puppies. Yeah, tell me a little bit new. about them. <laughs> we got Lucille. Yeah. Uh-huh. Named after... Maybelline passed, and uh, you know, after a little while, we decided we better get one. And Laura had already, my wife had already come up with a name that uh-huh. oh, it, the next one's gonna be Lucille, <laughs> after BB's guitar, you know. Uh-huh. So we got we got Lucille, and then she, she seemed like she needed a, a friend. Mm-hmm. So recently, he's he's about six months old. We, we got Riley B. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we named him BB. And and when I was at the International Blues Challenge, I went in. To BB King's Club, the first night, that's the first place I went in there, and I sat, sat, and I saw that they had a big neon sign of that said Lucille, so I wanted to get the picture and send it to Laura, and say, "Look, look at here, look where I am." <laughs> and so I was standing by this table, and it took took me forever to get the picture that wasn't blurry on the neon sign, so I finally got it, and I apologized to the ladies that were sitting at the table, and she said, "Oh, that's okay, that's fine." And I said, "Well, you know, I had to get the picture because that's our dog's name, and we named it after BB's guitar." Oh, that's so wonderful. Then um. 
I said, we got a new one. She said, really? I said, yeah, we named him Riley B. after B.B. King. She said, oh, my goodness. I said, we love, that's how much we love B.B. King. We named our dogs after him and his guitar. <laughs> and she started crying. She said, my name is Shirley King. I'm B.B. King's daughter. You made my trip. Thank you so much. She gave me a, she gave me a children's book really? called One Blue, One Blue Shoe that B.B. did. It's really cool. It's, it's got a little CD with it and pictures of B.B. King. A little, yeah. So That's you never know cool. what's going to happen. That was yeah, cool. you never know right. who you're going to bump into. And if you ever get a chance, you should, you should go to that International Blues Challenge. You would love it. Yeah. You but know, you did say you're getting kind of old. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get your pajamas yeah. on, yeah, ain't as nothing. As long as it's before, you know, say five or six o'clock. Well, then you don't need to go, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that late night stuff has just gotten uh -huh. past me. But I did go... To the Indianola, uh, I've been a judge on the Indianola Blues okay, Challenge before, okay. a couple times. Really? Mm -hmm. And it was in the uh, Club Ebony. Club Ebony. Yep, I've been to that one. I, I didn't, I didn't play there, but um, I've been to that one uh, a while back. Mm -hmm. What do you think? What do you? What did you think about judging? That's got to be so hard. I, I disliked it immensely. Yeah, it, it uh, had I, to be. I did not like it. Telling people that they don't get to go to the next step. I mean, everybody's talented or they right. wouldn't be there. Right. And it was hard. In fact, I have sworn off all judging. Right. I, I hate it. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just so unfair to get yeah. three or four people to pick somebody who's been working on something for a year or it's yeah. incredibly important in their life, whether it's a barbecue cook-off or a blues challenge yeah, or, or even a beauty contest. I mean, right. the whole thing is... Seems no, like that'd be a really tough I do not want to be a judge. Uh, me either. Uh, I've done that way too many I times. I kind of wanted to life. add the song, but we never got a chance to really work it up. I wanted to do Willie Dixon's You Can't Judge a Book by Looking at the Cover. <laughs> there you go. But then I said, well, maybe not. But I love yeah, that song. That's a great song. It is. Willie wrote the book, man. He, Hadn't he? Have you ever read his book, I Am Blues? I, I actually, not only have I read it, Chris, uh -huh. but we had an event at Howlin' Mouse for, for Willie Dixon. And he Sweet. came there and signed the books at oh, Howlin' Mouse. Oh, man, come on. Yeah, back That's in the fabulous. day. We, we, mm. we got him back to Mississippi to be honored. And this was uh, when Ray Mabus was the governor. Mm. But Chrissy Wilson, who worked at Archives and History, myself and another group, some other interested people, put together this deal. We invited Willie Dixon back to Mississippi. He came, and he was he had just written that book, I Am the Blues, and he'd just putting it out. And we wow. got Lemuria. And the governor got everybody on board, and we had this big two-day celebration for Willie Dixon. Oh, that man. That highlight was, of my was, life. Yeah, most definitely. Big deal. What's another highlight musically for you that you've booked here? Of, of different music that I've booked? Yeah. Well, having B.B. King twice at Howlin' Mouths was, was a big, big deal. And mm -hmm. that would have never happened. Uh, and I also had him at George Street twice. Mm. Those, but those get, shows those. happened for one reason, and that's because Charles Evers— Yep. partnered with me on them and he he made it happen mm. because charles as you know used to bring bb home for the medgar evers homecoming right. every year yeah and the deal was bb would come home to mississippi he'd go play up uh in the delta in the field mm -hmm. and he'd come to jackson and he'd do a series of shows mm -hmm. that that honored medgar's life and Charles could pick what he wanted to do with those shows. And we, right. we played Howl and Miles a time or two. We played George Street. We played Out the Zoo one time. We did different shows in different places. We had B.B. Uh, played uh, down one time at the fairgrounds. Mm -hmm. and, and, in fact, Greg Allman came and, and played on that show. But, but, you know, just the idea that I got to rub shoulders with people like B.B. King and 
uh, you know, Bo Diddley mm-hmm. um, and, and Willie Dixon Leo. and Taj, yeah. all these people. I mean, it's just incredible to me looking back that, that I had that opportunity. But, yeah. you know, that, that, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. And, you know, during the Jubilee Jam years, we booked everybody. <laughs> I know. I mean, I worked with uh, uh, with Ray Charles, with uh, Junior Walker, with mm. uh, Willie Nelson, with, um, I mean, everybody who was working in those days, Earth, Wind, and Fire, if they were out there working, we hired them. And, yeah, you know, man. Little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, Johnny Cash. I mean, the list is endless of the people we were able to present and I was it to. There. And you were there. I was there at all of them. <laughs> Every, once, once I could get in or once I knew about it or whatever, I remember um, you and Charlie got me when Willie played, because he really is my favorite. He was the biggest inspiration, I would say, just because of, you know, that was the first thing in Austin, Texas that really grabbed me was my dad's eight tracks of him and Santana. But I had been in a wreck, and you and Charlie let me take my wheelchair into that little area in between the people and the stage, and that was wonderful. The security pit. Yeah, the security pit. I I remember that. Uh, I'd forgotten until you started talking about it. Yeah, I got to see Willie. He, he said hello to me right after the show, and he was gone on down the road. Yeah, man, he uh, we didn't get to spend much time with him before or after the show. He pretty much was mm, swept gone. in and swept out. Right. But, uh, you know, I'm su- going to see life. him in a couple of weeks. He's playing in, down in down at the MP- IP. Yeah, one of the casinos. Yeah. I saw a billboard I gotta for him. I got to go. Any chance I can go see him, I'm going to do it. Yeah, Just because, well, there's, yeah. there's an... Certain amount of more performances he has. Mm-hmm. So, who would you count uh, in your influences? You've mentioned it, Willie, and you've started yeah. coming. But recently, like, who are the people? I'd say recently, when I was playing with a, a dear friend of ours, Bruce Browning, mm-hmm. I started. I started a lot of the songs that he wanted to play were Taj Mahal and Elizabeth Cotton kind of thing. So then I really got into um, Piedmont style finger picking guitar. Mm-hmm. So that'd be like Mississippi John Hurt and Elizabeth Cotton and Taj Mahal. And lately, in that same vein, would be like Reverend Gary Davis right. and mm-hmm. Blind Blake, those kinds of things. Those are huge influences recent, recently, more, you know, last few years, trying to really study that. But, I mean, you know, it was it was Willie Nelson, and I remember Mudslide Slim. I just flipped out over that album, James Taylor, Mudslide right, yeah. Slim. I loved it. So, you know, James Taylor, B.B. King. And then in college is when I really got into the blues really influencing me. It was B.B. King and Taj Mahal and mm-hmm. Robert Johnson and Muddy Waters and Earl Hooker and on and on and on. So, the, you know, slide guitar influences would be Earl Hooker and Dwayne Allman, Muddy Waters. And I noticed your slide is a is an actually a, a ratchet extension. Yeah, I got that from John Hammond. From John That's Hammond a, Jr. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who, who also uses. I, I played a show at George Street yeah. with John Hammond and had Son Thomas as the Ooh, had on. the two of them playing together. Another huge influence. <laughs> it's him, John Hammond, and also Fred McDowell. I love his music. His so did, this, you, did you ever book Fred McDowell? Never. Oh, never okay. even got to meet Fred. Okay. I'm surprised. Even though he was up there at Como working at a service station, yeah. he just got past me. Jack Owens. Oh, a million times. Yeah, I love I used him, to man. fool with Jack a whole lot. Yeah. My wife told me one time she saw it in the paper. She said, look at this guy. You ought to go try to find him. <laughs> and and I did. One time I was a spring day in April, and I went to Ben Tony and I asked 
two guys. I said, can you tell me where he lived? Jack Owens lived? Oh, yeah, Mr. Jack. And they tell, yeah. tried to tell me where he lived, and they said, oh, man, you never find it. Let him come there, show and you. They, and, they'd, and they'd left. But the third guy did. He said, you never find it. But if you bring me back here, I'll take you where he lives, and I'll show you. So he did. Took the guy back and went back out there, and Jack was out in his front yard. And he said, well, I was hoping you might come back by. And then, <laughs> Then I asked him if he would play some music. He said, "Yeah, let me let me go get my picks." And we sat on his front porch. That you know, mm-hmm. you've been at that oh house. many times. And then like an hour later or something, these folks from France brought Bud Spires. Yep. Up and he sat on the porch with us. And man, that was so that was like one of the coolest experiences in my life musically. The uh, one of the guitars that Jack played, the one sort of the last guitar, he had that echo, that yeah, twelve echo. string. Uh-huh. I gave him that. Wow. That was my guitar. That's that was my guitar I got yeah. when I was in high school. And when I first met Jack, someone had just broken into his house and stolen his his steel, his national steel, which mm-hmm. is what he used to play. And mm-hmm. he was guitarless. Golly. He didn't even have a guitar. So I went back to Jackson and got that old Echo. How about that? God bless you And took you it up that, there, man. and I said, Jack, here's a guitar for you. And it's got 12 strings on it. I don't know if you can play it. And he said, Oh, I can play it. I'm going to take six of them off and play them. (laughs) He just stripped six strings off and started, he played it. I think to the day he died. He did. I mean, any all that, all those, all that footage of him. That's what he's playing. Is playing that, that old Malcolm's echo. guitar. I got, it out, so cool. I got it out of the old blue book. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Ordered it. It's a catalog. That's guitar. fabulous. I loved his music. That was serious stuff. So let's talk just for a minute about Bruce Browning. Yeah, let's he, talk about He Bruce. was such a great friend of, of both of ours. And how, how'd you meet him? And tell me about playing with him and y'all's friendship. Okay. You, thanks to you. You know, you, you had mentioned that, man, you, you know, you, maybe you and my friend Bruce Browning ought to get together and try to work, play something. And we did. And he, he turned me on to so much great music. And the reggae stuff and, the, mm-hmm. and that finger-picking Taj Mahal and Elizabeth Cotton type things. And we played, shoot, man, we played a long time once we once we got going. You know, I was just thinking that here coming up in a few days is the Mississippi Blues Marathon. I remember you and Bruce used to play that. We did. Y'all would set up on the street and, yeah. and play music out. Yeah, I'm playing, playing soon. When it comes back when through? When it comes back through, huh? Yeah. It, hopefully it won't be so cold. It was, Boy, I remember it was when so it was so cold. cold. It was cold last year. That. No, no, no. It was two years ago. It, they didn't do it last year because of this. The sleet and snow and stuff, rain, sleet, nice. Mm-hmm. But the year before that, it was so cold. But it was fun. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. only I mean eight to ten. So thirty. You asked me, like, so what was the coolest gig you ever played? What are some of the, some of the highlights of your career thus far? I'd say getting a chance to play with Taj Mahal is one of them mm-hmm. for sure. Just and where getting, was that, and when was that? It was on. Um, a couple of times on a blues cruise. Oh, I was yeah. playing for the uh, Big City Rhythm and Blues magazine. Uh-huh. And then at night, you know, you'd just be jamming or whatever. One time I was up there, and all of a sudden, there's Taj Mahal. He got up there, and we did a reggae song. He was playing piano, and then he got on the stand-up bass and nailed the bass. That was a, that was a highlight. And, you know, I'd say back when Gilmore and I were playing, getting the chance to open for Leon Russell, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you feel like, hey, man. We done done it now. <laughs> <laughs> Made the big time. <laughs> Open for Leon. So you still play solo gigs? Yeah, a lot. And and band gigs. Do you uh-huh. still have the? Uh, what was? What's your band? Do you have the Soul Shakers? Soul Shakers. Got them. S O L E Shakers. Soul. You yeah. still have that group? Uh-huh. And you still do solo? I still do solo. And, and the band. The band I took to the International Blues Challenge. Mm-hmm. 
It's called the Mississippi Boogie Crew. So y'all going to do some shows? Yeah, we will. We had some interest from some festivals, so maybe they'll happen, you know. Um, it's great, I mean, having a front man like Henry Rose. I mean, we should be able to do some gigs with that, too. Welcome back to the Arts Hours, Malcolm White. I am your host today for our Sunday afternoon turn at the microphone here at MPB Think Radio. And as I have said many times, I'm also honored to, besides be the host of this radio show from time to time, to be the executive director of the Mississippi Arts Commission, your statewide arts agency, uh, here to promote all things artistic in all places uh, in the great state of Mississippi. We appreciate you tuning in on the Sunday evening, listening to our show. Today, my guest is Chris Gill. Chris is a Jackson-based musician, uh, blues R&B singer-songwriter, old buddy of mine. Yeah. Uh, and so the tunes that we've listened to, the music we've had today, has is, is been all of Chris's stuff. He's played live here in the studio, and we appreciate you bringing your, what do you call that thing over there in the box? Well, it's a it's a resonator guitar, and, you, um, you know, a lot of folks, when they see a resonator, they say, oh, that's a dobro, got you a dobro, mm-hmm. but it's really a resonator. That's the, that's the type that is. It has that metal cone. Looks like a hubcap. It is, but that type is a guy that I got it from a fellow named Larry Pogreba. That's why it has that LP on it, mm-hmm. but it's made, it is a hubcap. It's a 50-something old hubcap. Uh-huh. And the first resonators were called Nationals, right. National Tricones, Duolians, those kinds of things. But that one has the, that 50-something hubcap on it, and it has a, a world on it, so he calls it the International. That's what this guitar's called. But the the body is metal, and it's made out of recycled airplane aluminum. Really? Yeah. And where does this guy live that made the guitar? Um, Montana. And yeah. you know him through just blue circles, or no, how did you I know run into just, this guy? I saw Bonnie Raitt was playing a, a killer <laughs> metal guitar, and I didn't know what it was. And I did some research and found out it was Larry Pogreva, and uh, I called him. He said, "Well, I hadn't been making any metal ones lately, but I know where one is in here in Montana. I could get it for you if you wanted me to get it for you." And so, yeah, that's it. How long have you had it? Two years. About two years. And how many guitars do you own? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Come on. 28, 30, something like that. Probably 30 guitars. Close to 30, yeah. But, you know, some of them, I mean, when uh, Red Hot and Blue closed. Yeah. You just took them Couch the gave me one. He said, here, man, I don't even go do anything with this. You want it? And I said, yeah, it's a Regal. You know, it doesn't, it's cool. doesn't play too much. But, you know, so I have some like that. But I have um, Nationals. I love National Guitar. So I have some, I have a Duolian and a Tricone and a Stylo and this one, I, some different acoustics. Different electrics. I play most of them, though. I don't. I don't just get them and don't do anything with them. Yeah. So it depends. Do you choose the guitar based on the gig and and the people you're playing with, or no. how do you choose which one to take to the gig? Just how you feel. Yeah, pretty much. How you just look feel. down there and say, "All right, you and you and really? you. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> which one? Who has the best? Who has the clean the the cleanest strings? <laughs> the most used. Really, though, you find you end up with. I end up with like two acoustics that I p- play all the time. Always and go to the gig. Pretty much always go. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this metal one or another metal one on acoustic gigs. And then electric gigs, I would bring, I bring, you know, three different guitars probably. So, so one would be tuned to slide, and then one would be a, a warmer sound for bluesier stuff, and one would be like a Telecaster kind of, you know, more bite sound. Mm-hmm. And you would use it for. Whatever songs there are, 
So the, the, the guitars you took to Memphis were for the band. Mm-hmm. So you took the Telecaster, I'm going to guess? I took, I you took, took this um, thing. They took the blue one? Yep, I took that one, and I took um, I took a cigar box. That's oh, really? I played a cigar box. Yeah, a guy here makes them. His name is Sam Hooperich, and they're fabulous. And they they're really are a cigar, and he carves the necks out of oak. Mm-hmm. And um, I took one of those because we did a song called Rolling Man that I wrote, and it's a, I played slide on it on the on the cigar box. Right. So really, hey, how many strings does a cigar box have? This one has four, but I and what enough. what are they tuned to? If if it's an open cigar, like I have one, mm-hmm. and of course I don't know how to play it, mm-hmm. but I have one. I tuned it to since it has four strings. I tuned it to open F, so mm-hmm. it's like open G. But um, it's tuned C F A C, C F A C, C F A C, and that would right. be, you know, um. And, but everything is slide. Nothing is corded because you can cord it though. You can yeah, cord yeah, forward yeah, you, the uh-huh. four strings. Yeah, you can cord. Okay, uh-huh. you can. All right. I'll but the to, cigar box. I have to go work on that. Yeah, practice. I, call me. <laughs> <laughs> I might need some help. Yeah. So uh, you know, I tell you, you can tune it to that, and a lot of people tune it to like. D A D A, just two two string, you know, uh-huh. two different notes. You can do it. There's some reason I think lot mine has ways. three strings. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, or it maybe does. it's four. I don't know. I need to pay closer attention. <laughs> I have a I have a three string cigar box, and you know, I I kind of tune it like the bottom three strings of a open oh, tuning guitar. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So what is blues tuning? You mentioned blues tuning. What does that mean? What did I say? Blues tuning? Blues or did you tuning. say slide tuning? Maybe slide tuning. What's slide tuning? Slide tuning would be open F, open G, like C-F-A-C, or mm-hmm. like on a on a open G guitar, it's D-G-D-G-B-D, or whatever you want to say. Right. You know, open G, open D. And what, is, what, what do you mean by, what does open mean? Well, the, a regular guitar is just tuned to standard tuning. Right. You know, and you play it, and it doesn't sound right. Doesn't sound like anything sound like very much. good, <laughs> but but if you tune it to an open chord, then you can strum it, and it's a chord. It's a chord itself. So open G, it's you Means strum when it. You and strum it's a G. all of the strings. It's a G. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's what I was curious about. And uh, and uh, Jack Owens, who we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. he played in the Bentonia tuning, which was open E minor. Oh, E minor. <coughs> or open D minor, but mostly. And Skippy he, James, did yep, he start same that? Thing. Or who, yeah, who was the first would, of that bunch? He, I guess he started it, but I'm sure he got it from somebody. Sure. You know, it seems like he would have. I don't know who, right. but yeah, Skip James is the one, first ones that I know of that had that open, haunting, Bentonia sound. Mm-hmm. And now uh, Jimmy Duck Holmes is still doing it. Right. I've written some songs with it. It's a, it's cool. It's it's eerie for sure. Yeah, yeah. I like eerie. <laughs> yeah, I like eerie too. Uh, okay, so let's let's talk about uh, recordings. Recordings. Uh, yeah, records, recordings, yep. CDs. I got some of those. T- tell me about all that. <laughs> what you got? I've got one from Gilmore back in the day. 1991. 1991. Yeah, Y'all man. made a record. We made a record. Where? Where? We made it at the Terminal. The terminal with Randy Studios. Yates. Yeah. No, that's not the that's not the right the right name. Terminal yeah. Randy. Randy. Yeah. 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 The Terminal. We we recorded it there. And I got Fingers Taylor to come in and play on some songs. Wow! And uh, that was that was, so it, was, that was bluesy, it was bluesy enough for Fingers. To yeah. Play. Oh yeah, yeah most yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. He came out and played on a couple of songs. Then I um, I I did a couple out at a a studio in Monticello with Kerry Hudson's brother, mm-hmm. Chris Hudson. Chris Route uh-huh. One. Yeah. There you go. That was that's a cool spot out there. He moved up to Arkansas now. So I got a couple of those. 
and then two solo or they're with the band okay the uh-huh. soul soul shakers uh-huh. two soul shakers yeah one then, gilmore yeah one uh one with Derek martin Demar, Demar, just uh, the two of you, two of us on on drums and metal guitars, bluesy stuff, and we did a Christmas record at his studio. Got um, Jimmy Jarrett on there, and Fingers is on that, so there's a Christmas album. Mm-hmm. What year would you say that was? That was three years ago. Wow. Yeah, not too long ago. Then I did one last year out in San Jose with Derek Martin because we were doing some festivals over in Canada, and we needed a new product, so I went over there and did. Did one so you just can find the two those. of you or other? Well, I did it with a band. Did mm-hmm. um, Kid Anderson, the guitar player for Rick Estrin, he was mm-hmm. there, and um, Jerry Jamat, he was on bass on quite on six or seven songs. Who was you know he's fabulous. Yeah. Play would have played on BB King's The Thrill Is Gone. When you hear The Thrill Is Gone, that's him. That's it. <laughs> or Every Day I Had a Blues. That's Jerry Jamat. Yeah, yeah, he was. That's he was some. Yeah, he's over. In, he lived here for about three years close to three years so we, we did a lot of gigs while he was here he's fabulous he did that blues marathon with bruce and me oh yeah yeah, yeah i remember he that did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he showed sure did. i have that recording <laughs> and then i did and you can find the i have them on amazon and i found out this company called distro kid and you can you can upload your songs you don't have a hard copy of the cd but you have them out there digitally and people pay people pay to listen to them. uh-huh mm-hmm. yeah you buy the Call, songs what's it called the company's called DistroKid, but if you go to Amazon or or Google, really, even, you can say Chris Blue Gill Songs for the Souls, S-O-L-E-S, you can buy, on that record, I did 22 of my songs under one project, and, it's, and that's what it's called, so you can get that, you can get 22 of my songs for eight ninety nine. Wow. Yeah. So, so in total, how many... How many records, how many discs, how many albums do you have? I think it's seven. Seven. Mm-hmm. Counting the Christmas one. You and you know. can still you can still get them all you somewhere? Get, yeah. Through you, Amazon? Yeah, through Amazon. Uh-huh. Not wow. the Gilmore, but if you want the Gilmore, call me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I got that one, too. That's great. Yeah. What's the Gilmore one called? What's the name of the album? Gilmore. Oh, that was the name of it. Come on. Well, that's what we're going to call it. <laughs> well, no, I thought maybe no, the album had a name. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Do any of the other records or projects have names? Um, or just the name of the artist? Yeah. One of them is called Take It Like That. That most recent one I did with Derek. You can find uh-huh. it out there. DeMar and Gil, Take It Like That. Mm-hmm. And um, Harmony Street, one of the ones I did at Route 1. I, wrote, I had a song I wrote about the Subway Lounge called Harmony Street. Oh, really? So, yeah. Yeah. The guy called me the other day, said he wanted to get the rights to, to make a T-shirt for the Subway Lounge, and he said he heard I, I somehow had the rights to it. I said, man, I ain't got the rights to, to the Subway Lounge. <laughs> I told him to call Jimmy. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, he shows up every other Monday or so at the the blues thing. I said, right. Jimmy can tell you what. I, I guess he's to. got the rights to it, huh? Who, or knows? who knows? Yeah, right. I don't know. You're right. I Do you ever make it to Frank Jones? Yeah. Yeah. But it's a late night thing. Yeah, it's late night. Not so much. You wear your PJs? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Bernard's down there. Right. So yeah. Bernard's there, you know, and sometimes Sherman Lee's even down oh, there. Oh, yeah. I know. So, uh, but not a lot, but I know it's a hopping place. Yeah, Martin's hopping. across the street's a hopping place, but I don't get over there much either. Yeah. Me either. Not so much anymore. Not so much. Uh, so how does uh, how do you get booked? Do you have a manager agent, or do you do all that stuff yourself? I do. I do a lot of it, but I do have. I am signed to um, Hit the Road Entertainment. That's at, that's right out of out of here. Mm-hmm. And, and that's uh, whose operation is um, Peggy Brown. Peggy Brown. Uh-huh. Yeah, we were just talking about Hit the Road Peggy. Entertainment. Yeah, so she does a good I'm on job. That. She does. 
So, and so and, where would a listener, how would they get in touch with you or Peggy or somebody who's interested in a booking? How do they do it? Go to chrisgillmusic.com or go to hittheroadentertainment.com, either one. Mm-hmm. And uh, chrisgill.com has, chrisgillmusic. Mm-hmm. Chrisgillmusic.com. Is that your website? Yeah, that's my website. Where all your stuff is. Uh-huh. Where you can catch me. Yeah, you can buy the CDs there. And there's your schedule. Uh-huh. Do you blog? Do you, do you regularly mm-hmm. put? Mm-hmm. No. I need to. I need to do better on that. <laughs> Well, I mean, you got two full-time jobs. I don't know when you do right. it. I don't have time to blog, but I need to find it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the records, uh, mm-hmm. booking, your website, mm-hmm. th- those are all the very best ways to get in yeah. touch. Yeah. You got any big shows coming, any big mm-hmm. deals? You Juke Joint Festival, that's, that's, that's right huge. around the corner. Yeah, and that's, yeah, in that's in Clarksdale. All, that's in Clarksdale. That'll what are fun. the dates? Do you know? I don't. Yeah, so I think, it's, I think it's the second week. And in April, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And do you go solo to the Juke Joint? Yeah, that seems I've done like it. That would I've be done more it with a guy style. named Joe Murphy from Canada two years ago. He's a fabulous harmonica player and singer, but he won't be here, so I'll, I'll, more than likely I'll do it solo. And do you play just on the street, or you mm-hmm. play? Last time I did it, stages in a, I did it in the state. I did it in, in a building, an old bank that's kind of a, a yeah, kind of a, yeah. That's uh, Bubba's building. Okay. Bubba O'Keefe owns that bank. Okay, I love that. That was a great little Beautiful spot. spot. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I'm going up to Canada in um, September. Already booked that. That'll be fun. Now, now, when you book out of the country, when you mm-hmm. say play a festival in Europe or Canada or wherever, right. I don't know, right. is that typically handled by a European or or a Canadian agent, Mm-mm. or that you you and your contacts or yeah. Peggy and her contacts? Yeah, it's me and on that one. It's um people I'd met there with Southside Shuffle. Uh-huh. I mean Chuck Jackson. He's the down child blues man, front man. Uh-huh. And uh, he, somehow we met, and um, he liked what we did, and he booked us the last five years. And For the so, Canadian stuff? Uh-huh. And is this a festival or club shows? Yeah, it's a festival. It's a uh-huh. festival, and we do clubs around the, the time. You know, it's like Wednesday, club, Thursday, the opening banquet, and then the festival. We play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then come back Monday. And then we'll go up to Wasega Beach the, for the next week, for the next festival. So it's Canadian. Uh-huh. So, so there's yeah, a series. It's about an hour away. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so there's a circuit, and you. Yeah, just those two. Just, just those, those two. two. Yeah. Now, uh, who do you take with you? Or is this a solo thing? Uh, last year I did it solo, but the other times I've done it with Derek Demar. Mm-hmm. We do it as a duo, and we've added a bass player up there, and uh, and a harmonica player. So you know, we two of us go, and then if they want it as a big a bigger band, we just add people from around that area. Is Demar still playing with Little Richard? Well, Little Richard's not playing. He's not playing. Doesn't seem like he's played at all in the last okay. however long. But he would. Rich, uh-huh. Demar would play, and Chalmers would too. If if there's and some Chalmers kind of Davis gig. is another Jacksonian. Yeah, yeah. So so when when Little Richard plays, the two Jacksonians most definitely are and, always and, on the and road. And when Derek got that gig, that he had the interview with him, and they sat down, and Little Richard said, "Let's." Let's just play a blues. And they went into a blues, and he said, you got the job. How did he meet them? Do you remember? Uh, uh, I, don't I don't know, know that part of the story. Know. Well, I'll have to get DeMar on. He can tell yeah, me how that most worked definitely. out. Well, it's been great having Chris Gill on the show today. Thank Thanks you, for Malcolm. coming in. Thanks Thank for, for bringing What do you call that guitar? Resonator. Resonator. Yeah, Thanks resonator. For, for bringing it. Bringing the international. In. The resonator. international blue resonator. Yeah, that's we it. appreciate it. It's always good to see you. Great to see you, Keep too, on man. keeping on. Take care, and you we'll... We'll be back every Sunday right here. Every Sunday. <laughs> every Sunday. In honor of David Adcock. That's right. Two still two. Man, two I still used, two. I used to love that. Yeah, but no, this is the Mississippi Arts Hour. Five Mississippi o'clock at 
on MPB Think Radio. Thank you, Kevin. We'll see you all next Sunday.